The Motivational Moments podcast is made possible by the generous sponsorship of Prime Information Security, online at www.primeinfosec.com, and with the support of our many subscribers. Thank you. Hello everyone, this is Linda Ockwell-Jenner with another Motivational Moments podcast. Today I'm very, very excited um, to introduce Martin Buckland from Elite Resumes. He very kindly said um, he would take some time to let us interview him, so I'd like to invite Ma- Martin to say hi now. Hi Martin, how are you today? Hi Linda, I'm great, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Um, I'm enjoying this really mild weather we're having. I'm not very keen on the snow. <laughs> I've got plenty where I am. Oh, so where are you located, uh, Martin? I work out of my home office uh, very close to heaven in Horseshoe Valley, Ontario. Oh, that sounds absolutely lovely. Now, I must ask, being as I have a British accent, um, you obviously were born in the UK as well. Could you tell us a little bit about how you ended up in um, Canada including a bit of history of what you used to do in the UK, if you don't mind? Sure. Yeah, I had a very interesting career. I've had two distinct careers. So my first uh, half of my life uh, was spent uh, um, as a law enforcement officer. So I was at, uh, at a London Bobby, and then I was at Scotland Yard uh, working on their anti-terrorism unit. And then I was seconded over here to uh, work with the RCMP, uh, so I have an extensive uh, background in law enforcement and uh, work a lot in my uh, business now with uh, retiring law enforcement officers. Wow, that's absolutely phenomenal. Do people get scared when they look at your resume and go, "Whoa, I'm not going to upset Martin? <laughs> well, being at Scotland Yard is no real big deal. I mean, there's something like uh, 7,500 detectives at Scotland Yard. But people, it's got that... Um, I guess a uh, type of charisma about it, that name, that renowned yeah, name. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, actually no big deal. Do you think um, uh, when you did arrive in Canada, and again you can tell us um, after you've answered this question, if you don't mind, how you ended up here, you know, staying here, do you think um, your accent, people like your accent, it makes you stand out a little bit more in Canada? or? Yes, it does. I mean, uh, um, there's a, a feeling over both in well North America generally, uh, both Canada and the U.S. that um, uh, the education is better in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but uh, you know uh, we, we're we're, um, we're everybody's well educated. Uh, it's just, just my accent uh, does help me uh, um, sell my uh, my services without doubt. Yeah, that is excellent. So you were seconded over here to um, the Mounties, I guess. That's right. Did we call them the Mounties? Is that the right? That's right. Wording. Okay, so. What did you have to do when you were working with them? I was um, working in a secret unit, which I can't really talk about. Okay, that's no problem at all. So how on earth did you jump from all of that, sounds very movie-like material, um, to starting your own business and and, and growing it to the success uh, that it is today? Well, when I was retired and in my health pension, I was sort of at a loss of what to do. My first uh, career transition um, and I didn't really know what to do. So those were the days in the early 90s when uh, PCs were in their infancy and uh, they cost a fortune. I can remember quite vividly going into uh, a store in Mississauga and buying a, a 486 computer and uh, it cost $4,900. Really? And it had 
30-megabytes hard drive, and the uh, guy, as I was walking out with this humongous screen and this big computer, said, you'll never, ever fill that 30-megabyte hard drive up. Well, I think uh, many people can tell many stories on that. <laughs> that sounds so funny. It's not really that long ago, if you think about it, is it? No, no technology has moved so swiftly in such a short time. So the purpose of you buying the computer was because I guess not everyone could afford them and you had found a really clever way of helping people maybe? or Well, I wanted to learn a computer. I was one of these people who was um, uh, petrified at touching the button just in case uh, uh, something happened or exploded. So I needed <laughs> to feel comfortable because I realized uh, in order to move on with my own career, I was a bit lost. I had to uh, become computer literate. So... Um, coincidentally, a friend of mine asked me uh, uh, to type his resume up. I never prepared, never even heard of the word resume uh, before. Um, so I did a little bit of research, found out what a resume looked like, and uh, prepared his resume. And uh, he got uh, several interviews. And so then he referred me uh, to a friend of his in the similar circumstances. And then uh, he got uh, got several interviews. So I decided there must be a uh, a career in this. So I started off uh, writing resumes and um, sat the first certification that was available to uh, resume writers in the world. Passed, uh, I think I was the second to be certified in uh, in Canada. And uh, I still hold that certification along with many others in resume mm -hmm. writing. And um, I guess I've prepared many, many, many thousands of uh, resumes since. So what are they called in England then? I can't remember. I've been in Canada now 16 years, but I can't remember. What's they're called CVs, Curriculum Vitae. That's, that's crazy. Uh, they're a lot longer documents. Yeah. Now, um, when you lived in the UK, is that what you had? You had a CV in the UK to get your job in the beginning? or? Well, you would have done, but I never really had to because I went straight from uh, my school directly into uh, the uh, Metropolitan Police Cadet Corps and then uh, to recruit training school. So I really never, never ever had to have any uh, career documentation at all. So Yes, it must have been kind of strange for you coming across the resume in Canada and then thinking, well, you know, I'll help my friend out and, and write him one and then you suddenly realise, wow, this could be a good career and you're helping people. Um, do you find that a lot of people continue to struggle and write their own resume, and this would hold them back. Yes, it's a skill set to write a resume. It's uh, it's, it's branding yourself, and you have to make yourself uh, stand out from the competition. So for the moment you drop that checkered flag mm -hmm. uh, that you decide you're in a job search, you're in a race, and it's a race to finish, and there is only a trophy for number one. So you have to make yourself look super, super duper, stand out from the, from the rest in many ways. And of course, resumes are changing all the time, the format, the design, and the content. So I, I as a, as a multi-credentialed resume writer, keep abreast of uh, what is the best for my uh, clients. So let's go back in time then, when you first started. Um, your business um, and you were writing resumes for people and you were you know consulting and helping them how much have the resumes changed in that time since you first began till now and what's the most specific thing you can put your finger on that's changed them do you think well in Canada they've changed dramatically um, we're a very uh, conservative nation we're very like the UK 
we don't um, sort of uh, we're not uh, as uh, open in uh, expressing how great we are as uh, as they are in uh, in the United States, <laughs> and we weren't uh, too uh, too much involved in uh, in accomplishments. It was mainly uh, well jot down your job job responsibilities and maybe a couple of accomplishments, and then we'll make our decision from mm -hmm. there on in. Mm -hmm. However, now, uh, the only difference between a U.S. resume, and I write lots of uh, U.S., about a third of my clients are in the U.S., okay. um, and uh, a Canadian resume is uh, minor spelling, grammar, and punctuation. So we've become very uh, action-accomplishment-oriented in the way we sell ourselves here in Canada just like they are in the U.S. So a resume is a story to uh, tell what a wonderful person, you are the best person on the market in your particular function these days. Um, I have to ask this question. Um, have you ever came across anyone who wanted to kind of bend the truth in their resume and, and kind of ask you to write something that wasn't particularly true and you had to maybe tell them that that's not a good idea, when you turn up at the interview you'll get found out that kind of deal or...? No, I haven't actually. I think uh, people know uh, my police background, and oh, so we... they're not willing to uh, go that route. But <laughs> there are several um, celebrities or, or well-known people who have falsified uh, various things on their resumes, and uh, of course they've fallen foul of uh, of uh, investigations when people do uh, look at their career and their designations and their diplomas and their degrees. I, I have to say. Um... I, I stayed at school in England, um, I guess till the sixth form, and then went straight into a job as a secretary, which I know you're not supposed to say that word today, but I didn't have a, a resume or a CV. I went straight from school, and the lady who interviewed me liked me, so I got the job, and I stayed in that job. And then when I came to Canada, um, before I started Motivational Steps, um, I had a few part-time jobs, but I didn't need a resume. And looking back now, I realised that if I'd have looked at my skill set and maybe came along to a professional like you, I could have probably um, had an even better job than I had when I first came to Canada and maybe been a bit further on in, in my career all those years ago. But I guess if you don't know something exists and you don't know you need it. So how would people know to come to someone like you, or you in particular, how would they know that you know they are going to benefit from your help well i uh, i'm fearless in uh, getting my name known and uh, marketing my industry per se which is a very small industry uh, the career management of which i am also a major component not just resume writing but managing uh, people's careers is 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 a growing um uh function growing trade because um co uh, companies don't manage people's careers anymore. There was a time in my father's generation when he was in his job from the day he left high school, college or university all the way through to when he retired. Now it's perfectly acceptable to come out of a company every three or four years and look around for a uh, new uh, position. It's mm -hmm. also very acceptable to have different careers and I can speak very eloquently, mm -hmm. having had two careers on that. So it's very important to have somebody else look at you. Um, and you're right, you didn't uh, in those days need a CV or resume. But now even on a hot lead, mm -hmm. uh, they are asking uh, for resumes because it's a historical document, accomplishment-based, as I said, uh, documenting your uh, career history and uh, 
telling people what a wonderful person you are and trying to make yourself outperform the uh, competition. Now, I guess you deal with a certain, I'm not sure whether the word criteria, or a certain um, type of resume, um, professional people. So would you ever have the kind of scenario where, say, a stay-at-home mom, a, 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 a woman who, who'd been staying at home, you know, mom, and didn't really have a career, came along to you and had a big gap in her resume, would you ever have that kind of scenario come along to you? And if so, um, how can you help somebody who has a big gap in their career like that? What would they state as their accomplishments? Well, everybody has a career in their gap, a, a, a gap in their career um, for one, for various reasons. And a stay-at-home mum has a very valid uh, gap. And I actually show on a resume um, uh, as, as a housewife. I know some people say they don't want to show that, mm -hmm. but uh, the red flags go off in the HR manager's mind or the recruiter's mind as soon as you show anything more than a year's gap. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, being a housewife, being a mother is a full-time commitment. Mm -hmm. So I always show that, and, I, and uh, it's accepted, readily accepted by the decision-making uh, population that uh, um, you, you're to show. So if you uh, were caring for your parents, mm -hmm. you were uh, for two or three years the aged parents mm -hmm. um, uh, in their latter years, you can show that as a caregiver mm -hmm. um, or you can show a combination of being a mother and a caregiver. So it's perfectly acceptable to show something. Uh, if you go off on a sabbatical, many people take a sabbatical, they go off on uh, travel mm -hmm. to uh, some... Uh, wild locations in the, in the Far East or mm -hmm. whatever, and uh, you can show that as a personal sabbatical. And what does that show a um, potential employer? It shows, a, lo a, a lot of guts, mm -hmm. and it shows that you are very culturally sensitive. While you're on travel, you've gained a lot of knowledge and different cultures, different ways of living, uh, etc. And so does being a mother. A mother is, is not... Uh, a uh, job to be uh, underestimated is a tough job. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> so uh, that's the way I show it. I'm very open and honest, but I'm also very aggressive as well as uh, uh, in the way I market my clients. That, that sounds wonderful. Now, um, do you sometimes get people uh, coming to you, you've helped them, you've given them a wonderful resume, and they've targeted the job market, they've targeted where they want to go, and in particular they want to go to, say, one of the biggest technology companies in Canada. And there's nothing really wrong with their resume, but it's just not getting past HR. Are you able to in any way help them with that, or is it just the system where HR really are not sure what they're looking for and throw out the resume anyhow? I mean, are you aware that this situation does go on? Oh, it happens a lot. So the, only 10% of jobs in Canada are advertised. We have the lowest percentile of any country in the Western world. So, um, I mean, uh, Monster and Workopolis, all the big job boards, all the national, all the regional, all the local newspapers account for only 10% of the jobs. Mm -hmm. Another 10% is about uh, 10 to 12% is recruiters. So about 80%, just a touch under 80% is out there. You've got to go and seek and search them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I tell my clients, if you want to go and work for ABC uh, Technical Company, mm -hmm. bypass the human resource mm -hmm. managers. They only have a function to recruit if they are asked by the functional head 
to go and recruit somebody for their department. Oh. So bypass the HR because they are a hindrance, mm-hmm. and your resume will get put in the file and probably never see the light of day again. Yeah. And even HR people who are my clients and I network with tell me to do this. So go and bypass and go and find the person who will be your boss or your boss's boss mm-hmm. at a company, at a target company, and market yourself directly to them. And it works. It works big time. It sounds really easy, but how would someone connect with the boss or the boss of the boss in a certain organization? How would they get past the gatekeeper? How would they get to know the person they need to know? Well, with the advent of the Internet, there's so many uh, um, mediums you can use. You can use uh, corporate websites, so you can probably find out the vice president of sales if you're in a sales function mm-hmm. or you can find out the uh, definitely the C-level team who are, who are the senior uh, managers and then there's other websites like LinkedIn many many other uh, networking sites you can you can if you dig deep and spend some time doing your research you can find out who are the leaders and if not then I would suggest you call the executive office so the president's office now, be careful if it's uh, if it's something like IBM. I would go to a divisional um, office of the president because there's many presidents within I or CEOs mm-hmm. within IBM. Um, and then say you have a private and confidential business plan addressed to the person in charge of sales, marketing, operations, mm-hmm. finance, or whatever. And invariably, you will get a name. So then you craft a, a dynamic resume. So a resume is a historical document takes mm-hmm. you from today backwards. And you craft an outstanding uh, cover letter, which is which takes you from today forwards, written in the personal pronoun, on what a fantastic value add you are for ABC Company or XYZ Company, and this is what you can bring. That's amazing. Now, you and I are connected on um, some of those um, social and business networking sites you mentioned, and I'm always hearing about how, um, you know, one of your clients has stepped up to the plate and, you know, got a fantastic job with your help, obviously. So are there any stats? I mean, um, do you set yourself like a goal to place X amount of your clients? Do you actually, call, is that how you say it? You place them or do you offer them a resume and then they, somebody else, I, you know? I don't actually place clients. I position them ready for placement. Oh. So I do all the work behind the scenes, ready to position, to place them. I work a lot with recruiters. I network uh, furiously with recruiters. I network with HR professionals. I am always getting calls from recruiters and HR professionals asking if I have a client on file. But I just pre-position my clients ready for that uh, uh, job search. And I give them, one of my many certifications is a certified job search strategist. So I know, know the ins and outs of the optimal job search, mm-hmm. how to get the maximum number of hits for your resume in the minimum of hours. Wow. So I have a resume right now, a style that I just started doing since last uh, October, and currently I'm getting, uh, my clients are getting a 90% interview rate. So That's every 10 fantastic. resumes they send out, they're getting nine interviews. That is fantastic. No wonder you're the buzz. Um, 
especially um, in the GTA area in the Waterloo region where I'm based, it's um, definitely you know there's a big buzz going on about how how successful you are in you know helping these people. So that's absolutely wonderful. So what kind of clients do you work with? If, if any of our listeners are thinking of looking you up, and we'll make sure that we get all your details off you at the end, Martin. What kind of clients come to you? Is there um, a specific type of client that will come to you? Is it set by their job description, their salary? How do you know what kind of clients would come to you? Well, I have a global clientele. In fact, uh, just today, Sunday, I was speaking with two clients in India and another one in uh, Australia. So um, I do have a global clientele in, in my practice over the last uh, 18 years I've had clients in 72 different countries mm -hmm. however I do tend to specialize in those uh, uh, who are $100,000 earning potential and more okay. uh, plus those who aspire to be business leaders mm -hmm. so that allows me to take on my clients who show me potential their ambition and I ask uh, several probing questions to show, to screen them, to see whether they are my uh, clientele. And if they're not, uh, which is fine, mm -hmm. I can then refer them to some of my colleagues. But those are the, that's the niche I specialize in, the very, very senior executive level. That's absolutely fantastic. And would you like to share with us some of the other um, businesses or networking initiatives that you're involved in, um, just so we can kind of get a, a better idea of how specialized you are and, you know, the other things that you do do? Sure. Yeah, I was, uh, 10 years ago, I was recruited by Execunet uh, to open up their Canadian operations as far as their networking is concerned. So um, networking is a crucial element in, in job search. So Execunet is one of the four big uh, career management websites for the 100,000-plus executives, and uh, they have networking events across North America, and I'm in charge of their Canadian events, and I, run, uh, I have run uh, networking events in Montreal. Not right now, but mm -hmm. I will be reopening shortly. Okay. Um, and then I also run uh, four uh, networking events in Toronto every month, the regular Execunet, which is for the $100,000 executive, which is run at a hotel near Toronto Airport where you have uh, very kindly presented. Uh -huh. And then there are three senior Execunet roundtables for the minimum of a uh, $200,000 executive. And believe you me, they're sold out every month. I bet, yeah. And they're a roundtable, maximum of 12, are held at uh, leading recruiters' offices who co-facilitate it with me in uh, the greater Toronto area. And I'm also uh, allied with the uh, Canadian Professional Sales Association. I do a lot of work with them. Um, I'm also uh, very honored to be selected as one of the, uh, of the uh, career management experts for uh, Monster.ca. So I uh, provide advice for um, people on their forums. And in fact, I'm doing um, quite a bit of work with them right now. Um, and I'm very proud of the fact that the Richard Ivey uh, School of Business at the University of Western Ontario, their EMBA program, have chosen me to be their career management expert, and I write um, resumes, cover letters, and uh, do a lot of coaching, executive coaching, career coaching, life coaching, uh, with their graduates of the EMBA program. So they're just in my clientele. Uh -huh. And then I also work with other universities um, who are now showing a lot of interest in my services. 
Um, and I'm pretty well connected uh, with uh, with many other organisations. Wow. I'm, I'm just listening to the long list and I'm thinking, when do you sleep, Martin? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a business driver. I uh, love what I do. Uh, I have a lot of passion in helping people. And, uh, yes, I do sleep. I do take time for myself. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I'm there when my client wants me. So if it's uh, an interview at a weekend uh-huh. because they're gainfully employed, then I have to um, maybe take some time off in uh, during the week to uh, counterbalance the time I spend at the weekend. Wow. Now, what would you say is the biggest thing um, that helped you grow your career to this wonderfully, phenomenally successful um, and probably growing on a daily basis? What do you think is the biggest thing that helped you grow your career? Obviously, you're very well specialised. You're very passionate. But is there anything else at all you could, you know, share with um, our listeners who would like to be in your position in their career, maybe? Yes, I, I think uh, I can pin it down to uh, to one um, is uh, is networking. You mm-hmm. cannot get enough networking if you're in your own career. You need to manage your career, you need to network, and you need to network while you're gainfully employed. So while you're happy in your work. You need to network, 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 because I see time in, time out, people who network while they're gainfully employed, when they are in career transition or unemployed, they find a new appointment, a new position, 50% faster than people who don't network. And so I brought that philosophy myself. I'm a fearless networker. Mm -hmm. Even though I live uh, uh, an hour and 20 minutes above Toronto, I try and be in Toronto once, sometimes three or four times a week, mm-hmm. networking uh, or presenting. Mm-hmm. I'm presenting this week, this upcoming week, four times in Toronto. And uh, it's very, very important to get your name known. Plus, network online. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is the number one tool you need in your, your career arsenal. Research Arsenal. Just in yeah. case there is anyone out there who doesn't know what LinkedIn is, could you kind of give us a, a bit of an idea what it is, why you would get started in it, and what you have to actually do once you're there? Yeah, you can open a profile. It's free. Um, it's um, it's a sort of businessman's uh, Facebook uh, with uh, many other tools that Facebook doesn't yet provide. Um, and it, it gets you – you can link in with uh, people um, – who are your peers, ex-bosses, ex-employees, people who can bring value to your career. So um, not so much uh, friends, mm-hmm. but uh, like Facebook, but to more um, business people. And it's also a great research tool. You can type in any company and you can find out who are on LinkedIn from that particular company. And you can also find out who are past employees as well from that company. So by that I mean you go to the uh, blue uh, lettering in somebody's profile and you want to go to, say for instance, IBM Canada. Hmm. Um, You put your cursor on IBM Canada and you double click that and all the people who are currently on LinkedIn uh, in IBM Canada will come up. So will all the past employees. So will all the people who've just recently been promoted. So it's a great, great tool Hmm. um, to uncover some new opportunities. Plus, um, if you're to be successful on LinkedIn, you need to go and get recommendations, Mm -hmm. i.e. testimonials Mm -hmm. from peers, from bosses, uh, from people that know you, because what better than uh, when a a recruiter or an HR professional 
does their due diligence on you before they give you a call for the interview and them seeing some true and tested recommendations wow. about yourself. That's amazing. Plus, you need to be on groups. There are close to, um, I think uh, somebody said, uh, half a million uh, different groups on LinkedIn in all sorts of different interests, all sorts of different persuasions, all sorts of different towns, um, and uh, you're entitled uh, to be a member of 50 different groups and market yourself as an expert. Mm -hmm. So I market, uh, perhaps coupled with my networking, I market myself as an expert in career management generally, not just resumes, but career management, which is a big, big um, area. Mm -hmm. um, market yourself as an expert in those LinkedIn groups and ask questions and answer questions, and then you will get your name known. So um, let's say, for instance, I'm a complete newbie and I've joined LinkedIn and I've managed to get myself a thousand connections, a thousand people who I've connected to for whatever reason. What do I do with those people once I've got them, though? Do I have to kind of phone them up and tell them who I am? Do I have to send them emails? Do I just sit there and wait? What happens with all these well, people? Well, you, you, you need to keep on connecting with them. Send messages of what, what exactly you are doing in your business career, not so much your personal career but your business career. Mm -hmm. So send them messages. If you write, I mean, every time I write a blog um, or something uh, changes to my website or I'm presenting, I always put something on LinkedIn so people know uh, exactly what I'm doing. Um, so keep in touch with them that way. Uh, you can do bulk emails. You can do polls. Uh, polls are very interesting. You can do uh, all sorts of different things, but just keep in touch with those people. The trick is, though, don't become a LinkedIn lion. Those are the people who just go out and gather names, and they mean those names mean nothing to them. Mm -hmm. Every one of my 1,600, close to 1,600 um, names, I can actually pick up the phone and uh, call. That's great. So it's taken me five years to get to that uh, yeah. 1,600, but I know them all. Yeah. And I can actually use you can use me as a conduit. With any of my links, I can actually uh, link you guys up. That's great. That's the way to do it. Well, what I'd like to do now um, so that our many listeners can find you themselves, which I'm sure they want to, I'd like to maybe if you give us some information, first of all, how you can be contacted, um, email address, stuff like that. Um, if you have any blogs or newsletters and, you know, how can they sign up for those? And then maybe, you know, if they can connect you on LinkedIn, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm just going to let you just give me all the information you want and um, then our listeners will be really excited at how they can connect with you in the future. Sure. Well, I have... Um uh, a, a, a large uh, web presence, but uh, my main uh, source uh, to get hold of me is my website. So my email is martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, at aneliteresume.com. That's A-N-E-L-I-T-E-R-E-S-U-M-E.com. And, of course, my website is www.an EliteResume.com, and then for U.S. people in the United States, I have www.anamericanresume.com. So A N A M E R I C A N Resume.com, 
And then I also have my LinkedIn, I have Facebook, I have numerous other contacts, all of which are readily available through my website. Just last week, I put all on my website, all my networking, um, and you can go into all my profiles from there on in. Oh, excellent. And um, I know very well that you're doing a lot more speaking now. You're presenting at many organizations. So if someone's interested in you speaking at one of their conferences or events, they would just contact you through your um, your um, email? Yes, martin at com. I love uh, preaching the gospel according to Martin Buckland and Elite Resumes, and I can eloquently speak for hours and hours and hours on many different topics, not I, just resumes. I, I can attest to that. You very, very kindly were one of our leadership, um, our seminar leaders um, in September, and the feedback was absolutely fantastic. People just wanted more and more and more of you, and I love, I love when you and I connect and we can chat because you've, you've definitely um, shown me some different ways to do things and how to move on in the networking field. So, who would you say was one of your greatest um, inspirations? Who inspired you, maybe, to to reach for the stars and and you know be the person you are today? Have you got someone, you know? Wow, that's a good question. I've never really sat down <laughs> and thought about that. I mean, somebody um, who I think is a, a dynamic global business leader um, is uh, Richard Branson. Yeah, he started off as a, an entrepreneur. And he now has a global uh, empire, very uh, great reputation. He keeps a uh, huge uh, control over his organization, um, and uh, he's very prudent in how he operates. Um, so I think Richard Branson, mm. I don't have somebody uh, personally. Mm. Um, I think Mahatma Gandhi uh, is uh, was a great guy, um, and uh, um, Winston Churchill. Yeah. And... Um, uh, yeah, I think Maggie Thatcher was also uh, a, a great uh, person. Yeah, yeah, you, that's that's some wonderful inspiration there from all those very strong leaders. And funnily enough, Dave, my husband, who you know, mm. we were coming back today from supper, and we were talking about Maggie Thatcher, as I like to call her, and we both feel that, um, well, I feel in particular that um, she did have a lot to offer as, as a leader, um, but also um, maybe she did make some mistakes. And um, whether she was open to admitting that, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things. But do you really believe, like I do, that a true leader will um, always, you know, if, in order to be a true leader, you've got to know that you will make mistakes. Um, in order to be a true leader, you have to let other people know that and that in the end, you know, we're all on this learning curve, this learning experience, and we all learn from each other. It, it, that's one of my philosophies. I don't know whether you feel like that too. Sure. So, I mean, Maggie Thatcher, during her, I think it was 18 years as a Prime Minister of the UK, prevailed through some tremendous issues facing uh uh, Britain, uh, you know, um, the main one I can remember quite vividly was the, uh, I think it was close to 18 months or maybe even two year uh, miners strike mm -hmm. where the miners were holding uh, Britain to a hostage. Mm -hmm. But she stuck to her guns and, uh, you know, she she won and uh, Britain is far better off country for what she did uh, in those days many years ago. Yeah. But I, I, I still believe, though, that maybe she made some mistakes. I don't know what they are. You know, at that time, I wasn't really into politics as much as I am now. But a true leader, even you, Martin, 
has to make mistakes in order to continue to learn and, and learn from experiences. Would you say that's a correct assumption? Oh, exactly. We all make mistakes. I, I still make mistakes. I've made some bad business, business moves. Mm -hmm. But um, the bad business moves uh, um, are far outweighed by the, uh, the good business moves. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So that's nice for our listeners to know that someone as successful as you and someone who helps people the way you do, but I'm going to be honest, you make an awful lot of money helping these people. You've chosen a career path that you really enjoy, and would you say that is one of the elements? We have a lot of students listen to um, our podcast. Would you say... If you were going to give any advice to the students out there thinking of a career, not to just think about how much money you're going to make, but to choose something you dearly love and you are passionate about. Passion is very, very important. Mm -hmm. There are a variety of uh, articles written out there, reports written out there, that so many people, I believe it's something like 67% uh, of Canadians, and I think it's higher in the U.S., are unhappy at work. Well, that's a... Mm -hmm. uh, very sad reflection mm. on uh, on yourself and society as a whole. Mm -hmm. There is a place for everybody. Mm -hmm. Even uh, you know, as we come out of this recession, um, there will be more and more appointments opening up. And take advantage of that. Look around. Do some seeking and searching. Take advice of a career management professional. Or if you're at school, go and see your uh, career guidance counselor or somebody who will support you. And get a mentor and a coach and let them help them uh, help you steer your path because uh yeah you're right money doesn't bring everything but your your career for 8 hours a day uh minimum of uh, 5 days a week mm -hmm. so you have to um really enjoy what you do yeah this is where i feel and i know you certainly do because every time i've met you you've had a huge smile on your face you're very welcoming you're very caring and I don't think you could be smiling as much as you if you really didn't enjoy what you do. So you and I are very alike in that perspective. Yeah, we both love our jobs. Well, I will enjoy connecting with you again on our networking sites like we do. But I wanted to thank you, um, you know, for taking the time to speak with us. And I'd love to come back to you maybe in six months' time and see if there have been any changes Um you know, in the job situation and if you're finding any different strategies, you know, for the way you offer resumes and stuff like that. So we'd love to oh, have sure. you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we will make sure we um, put on our website all of your information so people can connect with you because I think you're a wonderful person. I think you've got a lot to offer. And it's a pleasure for me to know you. Thank you, Linda. Well, it's a pleasure for me to uh, be invited. Uh, I'm honoured to be invited here. Thank you so much. So I'll say uh, goodbye now, and you have a really good evening, and I'm sure you'll be getting a lot of feedback from our listeners over the next few weeks. Great. Thank you, Linda. Bye for okay. now. Take care. Bye.